thank God it's Friday. You're listening to TGIF, the horror movie podcast that brings you all the casual conversations about your favourite or not-so-favourite horror movies with your host, me, Kat. This week, I am joined by one of the incredible co-hosts of The Nightlight, Freddie. How are you? Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here again. Again. So yeah, thank you for bringing me back. Yeah, well, I love talking with you about movies on Twitter, on podcasts. I can't even remember what we talked about. What did we talk about? Um... Oh, back in the day, we talked about Dr. Sleep. Oh, that, oh like, God. Solid yeah. two hours. <laughs> and we are still getting those matching tattoos. I, yes. I'm telling you that. Yes. 100%. I'm, 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 I've been saying that I'd come over in October, but I'm looking at the current like climate with COVID and everything, and I'm just like, I don't know <laughs> at the moment. We shall see. Yeah, it's I like know, it's very it's, up in the air at the moment. Yeah, it makes sense. It's, uh, you know, it's that time, which is just yeah. weird times. Yeah, it's like I'm not too sure if it's a good idea to go. Like I've already had COVID, but I'd hate to be over there, catch it and have to isolate and not be able to <laughs> do anything. You have to stay here. Yeah. <laughs> like, or, or like um, someone I know was over in Canada and they had to get a PCR test to come back home. And, like, it it was delayed, and I just can't imagine the stress of having to go through that to get my flight home. I just, I just probably curl up in a ball, and that I'd live in the airport. And that's perfectly understandable. Not being able to go back home sounds terrible and terrifying. Yeah. yeah. It's scary, though. Rightfully so. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to do that. Yeah. So uh, it might be next year that I am over there. Fingers crossed. Um, hopefully, you know, things cool down and just yeah COVID goes away I know that's so naive to One say day. <laughs> One hopefully day. hey we, we could be hopeful yeah I'm I'm a, I'm an optimist so right yeah. at least we're not lost in space being attacked by stuff so that's good yeah thank god yeah that's true I was about to say that I was like <laughs> actually I wouldn't mind that <laughs> wouldn't be that bad would it yeah um so you've chosen for us to talk about Prometheus, and I am so stoked that you did this because I think a lot of people uh, neglect this film when talking about uh, horror entries into the Alien franchise. Because I know that um, by number three, it had started to steer into like the more action style that we know in uh, both Alien and the Predator series. But Prometheus and even Alien Covenant kind of really brought it back to that horror, um, you know, foundations that the first first movie had yeah i agree um prometheus is something that's um it's kind of um it's it's weird to talk about because a lot of people either dislike it or they love it i don't see a lot of people in between and i think the conversation around this topic of a movie is that it wasn't much like alien like you were kind of saying like it is pretty connected to like the horror elements of alien but I feel a lot of people wanted to be more connected to the actual Alien franchise. And that really disappointed people because it was kind of a standalone movie that had connections to Alien towards the new uh, near future in the world that they're building. Uh, me, obviously, I picked this movie because of a reason. And that reason is I fucking love this movie. <laughs> so I'm on that side of the team. Me too. <laughs> um, but I think this movie is very beautiful to look at. The score is haunting. The acting's it's decent. I'll even say that like there are some stuff that I don't like about this movie, of course, but I do think this is one of Ridley Scott's best movies that he's ever directed because it is shot really well, edited really well, and then there's some really great intense sequences that we get from this movie where, yeah, it really brings back the horror element to like the series itself, which I'm all about. 
Yeah, and like I said, like you said um, about the horror elements, I think yeah, just people are like that's not a horror movie, and you're just like, have you have you watched Alien? <laughs> Yeah. have you watched it have you seen like i must admit i haven't watched covenant because i watched the trailer and it scared me too much so i haven't watched it okay that's fair and then my partner went and watched it without me and i was like well okay well looks like i'm not seeing it so i know that (laughs) (laughs) i definitely need to watch it uh yeah that's my uh, bad that's my covenant's (laughs) a very weird one um i i really did enjoy that one as well it's just like they kind of like throw away everything that we got from Prometheus and they kind of went a different direction. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. okay, sounds good. They're like, you're giving what the fans want now. Yeah, because it's a sequel to Prometheus or is it a prequel to Prometheus? Uh, it is a sequel. But it's a closer prequel to Alien. Ah, so it's getting closer and closer yeah. to the connections to like the original movie. But then they kind of like go sidetracked to a different route. With uh, the characters that we know and love from Prometheus, they're like, oh, the character's gone now. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. It would have made more sense to have some of them. Right. I think the only person that stays is David. I was like, one or two of them? Yeah. (laughs) David stays for that sequel, but no one else, which doesn't really make sense for the end of the movie that we're about to talk about. Yes. Well, let's dive in. So a little bit about Prometheus. It is a 2012 science fiction horror film directed by Ridley Scott, written by John Spates and Damon Lindenloff. That's a mouthful, isn't it? It stars Numi Rapace, Michael Fassbender, Guy Pearce, Idris Elba, Elba, Logan Marshall Green, and Charlize Theron. It is set in the late 21st century and centers on the crew of the spaceship Prometheus as it follows a star map discovered among the artifacts of several ancient Earth cultures. Seeking the origins of humanity, the crew arrives on a distant world and discovers a threat that could cause the extinction of the human species. Look, at this point in time, wouldn't be mad if that ship arrived here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at that cast. The cast itself is mm. really good. And Amazing. I'm really impressed by it, too. And they do such a good job of having that as a collaborative effort of this group being very interactive with one another. They play off each other very, very well. Yeah. Uh, another thing, too, you said what this movie came out in 2012? Yeah. So, 10 years old, and this movie still holds up what? really oh, fucking so well. Yeah, like, I'm watching right, it last years. night. Yeah, I was like, this is so good. And now when I think about it, holy crap, it's 10 years. Yeah, that's a third of my life away. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. It still looks incredibly well done. Like, I, I could see this yeah. still come out now and still be impressed by the visuals. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think yeah. this is the first film I saw uh, Idris Elba in. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, I'm it's sure Elba. It is. Yeah, he's pretty young in this. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I think this is the first movie because I think also this is when I really started taking my interest in movies and became a bit of a movie buff more than what I had been in the past. And right. so I didn't really take notice of any actors besides like Johnny Depp in the past because I mm. watch a lot of Tim Burton movies. So you know him being a repeat character, I know who he is, but. <laughs> <laughs> But even with Logan Marshall Green, I thought the first movie yeah. I'd ever seen him in was The Invitation. Or um, oh, interesting! I forgot he was, what was in he that. In before that, uh, I mean, a lot of people know him from Upgrade as well. Well, I didn't. I saw The Invitation before I saw Upgrade, and I went and saw. Uh, I watched Upgrade because I loved The Invitation so much. So it looks like he was the mechanic in the Devil movie. I don't know that movie. The Devil. Movie? Uh, that's a uh, M Night Shyamalan. 
I believe. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, no. Am I wrong about that? Oh, no, he wrote it. Okay, but it was directed by someone else. But it's a M. Night Shyamalan written movie about, like, a bunch of people in the elevator, and then one person's possessed was, like, a whodunit. I remember that movie. He's in that? Yeah. Yeah, I guess he's in that. And then... Oh, I haven't seen The Invitation until, like, two years ago, and I fucking love that movie. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, no, this cast is incredible. Michael Fassbender yeah. too. I is, I feel like is still up and coming at this point where he didn't really enter the X Men franchise yet. I think. Uh, no, not until 2015, maybe. Oh, okay. He got introduced with X Men First Class in 2011. Oh, okay. So this I is like him, him really going up and beyond because he just did yeah. Shame as well. Um, but yeah, no, this cast is like. It's like a bunch of uh, all stars that are up and yeah. coming still. Yeah, and even though we were paced now, <laughs> that was interesting. That Very was interesting. Weird. <laughs> Do you remember the promotional stuff that they had for this movie? I remember they did like really weird video trailers, like yes, for the did. business for the Wayland for Wayland. Yeah. Yes. So this is why this is one of my favorite movies of all time as well because. They did such a great job of world building. They had like Wayland Corporation's like um, actual website, and you can see yeah. all of the like um, planets that they terraformed and where you can go, where like other crew members are. You can actually apply for a job there. Yes. Uh, they had a Happy Birthday David thing where they show like David <laughs> being created. Um, they had a TED talk with yes, uh, Guy Pierce, yeah. and it's really good. Like this was like some amazing marketing stuff that was coming out and like no other movie does this not even now uh scream did a really good job with last year building up to like this year's like premiere and stuff like that i do have to give them kudos to that but you don't really see this type of marketing anywhere else no maybe paranormal activity maybe in video games you'd see it more often than not yeah but not so much movies anymore that really um, right that yeah that world building marketing and pr campaign where you're just like like, I, I, is this real? Is this place real? Because I'm not sure now. It made it feel real because, like, like I said, like, you can look at other planets that they've colonized and they actually terraformed and they have complete full bios of everything of what they did when it was created, when they terraformed it. I was like, yo, you guys went above and beyond to make this feel realistic and grounded and feel real. So. That's all part of this magic for this movie itself, too. Because I remember they did interviews with David, and David yeah. was just like heaps weird. He just he, like he, sit there, emotionless, yeah, answering questions. AI. I get it. He's weird. Yeah. David's hey, probably. David. How like, do you feel? I, I feel, feel good. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, um, he's like my favorite, but also my least favorite character in this film. Okay. Yeah. No, I can Best see slash that. worst character in this film. Yeah. I think there's a duo I really don't like in this movie. I'm thinking of a few duos in this movie. I'm like, the, they go in pairs in this movie, to be honest. Everyone's in a pair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's dive in. So the movie starts... I love the opening for this film, because it just feels so... Uh, grand. Yeah, and so, yeah. like, you can't imagine it as a person yourself. And you're just like, whoa, that's insane. And you... It's like, imagine if that really existed. How amazing would that be? Right. Like Those landscape shots are yeah. really nice, too. It reminds me of uh, Denise Villeneuve, what he does with, like, Arrival and other movies, too. Yeah. Where it's, like, that panning shot of, like, just landscapes. I'm just like, oh, this is beautiful to look at. Yeah, absolutely. Because I recently saw Dune, 
and yeah. you know, the landscape shots in that movie oh, just ridiculous blew me away in a great way yeah. Yeah. yeah and this opening scene did the same thing um but we see a a human a humanoid alien race uh he's obviously an alien because he is blue uh, but he's not i say i don't mean like bright that's blue. Fair. he's like cold yeah, blue like, yeah no, that's a good way to put it <laughs> like icy blue he's not like little green alien green um he uh he i think he bends over to pick something up but uh he does consume a dark liquid which causes his body to in uh disintegrate and in that we see him, his body pieces in in a nearby waterfall. We see the DNA breakdown, recombined, and seeding the planet with the building blocks of life. So he's kind of like, yeah, he is the the source of life for this planet. Right. In in one way of explaining that, it's really hard to explain the opening for this movie. Yeah, I, like... I mean, you, you, you nailed it. <laughs> I, I feel like the scene itself is very strange because. If you know what it is, especially the second or third time watching it, or it's like you understand it completely. But first time watch, you're like, what's really going on? Like, doing? it's happening. Like, it kind of reminds me of like Jurassic Park with the whole like DNA sequence. Yeah. Kind of like, we need some exposition. But it's like, it treats the audience like you guys are smart enough to figure this out. If not now, a little bit later on. Yeah. These are the creators. These are the people who made us from them. So it starts to make a lot of sense. But yeah, it's cool to see this big grand creature pretty much devour some weird substance and kind of, yeah. I don't know, Whatever from the is. inside out, it gets rotten and like it's violent and it looks brutal. But from brutality, we see something come out of it, which is life, which is like in a weird contrast way. It's like, okay, that's kind of beautiful. But also, like, we see him be destroyed to create life. And I think that that's right. the ongoing message throughout this movie is that. Um, from destruction does come new life. Right. And I don't know what movie I heard this line from, but I always will remember it. A seed must first destroy itself to become a flower. And I'm just like, wow. Damn. Deep. Right. Mm, that's, oh, that is really beautiful, though. <laughs> bit dark, but good. Bit dark. But I mean, like, but that's and, this and, movie. <laughs> this it sets film, the, sets the yeah. tone very well. Because this film is very um, philosophical based. Oh, um, yeah like in the way that it does approach life and creation and, and everything. And I think that that's probably my favorite part of the, the story, the story writing for me for this. Yeah, I agree too. So it's a year 2089. That's not far from now when you think about it. <laughs> oh. Sadly. Yeah. 2089. Well, I hope, we're almost there to go see the aliens. Yeah. yeah. Like we're going to see aliens. I, I'm totally going to be around for that. No, I'll be over a hundred. I will be in the 2089. I will be a hundred years old. Oh, wow. That is the year I turn a hundred. Damn. Oh, yuck. Oh. Um. <laughs> so you'll be in the wheelchair finding your master to save you. Yeah, <laughs> take me <laughs> to whatever it is. I don't, they don't even yeah. name it anything, do they? Um, the engineers. The engineers, that's right. Yeah. Uh, they're on the Isle of Skye, which is an island um, that's part of, because uh, Scotland has like an archipelago, archipelago, uh -huh. sorry, of islands. So you've got like the Isle, Isle of Man, Isle of Skye. There's like a whole bunch of like really cool badass islands there where um, 
I think they believe a lot of uh, their gods and pagan gods came from. Um, So there is a archaeologist couple, uh, Elizabeth Shaw, played by Numi uh, Rapace, and her boyfriend. I hate when they use the word boyfriend for things. It's like they're like in their 30s. It's not boyfriend, girlfriend anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Charlie Holloway, who is Logan Marshall Green. I didn't realize they were archaeologists. I thought they were actually like doctor doctors like not like archaeologists aren't doctors i meant like right right medical doctors yeah medical doctors yeah but um maybe she has some medical background and she knows a lot of stuff too that we see later on too yeah that's why i don't doubt that i'm like okay maybe she is a medical doctor and he's an archaeologist i don't know but they discover a star map in a cave which records the um the remnants of a, a an ancient culture and they discuss that they believe it's an invitation from their creators to find them. Um, so Peter Whalen, who's played by Guy Pearce, <laughs> is this <laughs> super old dude, the CEO of Whalen Corporation, and he decides he's going to fund um, this deep space research vessel uh, called the USS Prometheus. Why is it called US? Is that like United States Space? Is that what USS means? Um, United States. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not too sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically, because they're going to go to LV-223, which is seven light years away from Earth. I don't know how many. Like, how much is that in days? <sighs> Long they well, they, they, they said something like that. They said, like, they've been asleep for two years, right? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah. So the ship's crew is traveling in hibernation stasis at light speed with David, the android. I love that they have androids in these movies. I love the androids. So Me too. They're so they're so weird and so great at the same time. And that's why this movie works so well too, because if you're a fan of Alien, you've seen the first Alien movie, we know that androids exist, even though it was like a twist in the first movie. Now we're like, okay, we could tell like there's androids that live in this universe so i'm not surprised anymore yeah yeah um so he wakes them up in the year 2093 so i love the scene where he's waking them all up and um dr shaw doesn't have a very great experience waking up and has projectile vomited outside of the pod (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'd be like that too seems brutal definitely yeah but uh yeah we meet everyone i love that um idris elba's character um what's his name uh janik is putting up a christmas tree <laughs> right he's like it's christmas why wouldn't like, i put okay. up a christmas tree <laughs> why not <laughs> but i do have to give a huge shout out to the set designers of this entire movie because this ship looks gorgeous yeah and like i said with really scott behind the camera you get a lot of these like symmetry shots where like david's dead center and you get this like nice yellow neon light everywhere that kind of like reflects back on his body you kind of like the blacked out walls with like some white uh reflection shots as well and this just looks very futuristic and looks very yeah believable like i was like damn this this is the future this is what it would look like like you guys presented it very very well yeah it kind of reminded me of what's that film with um oh no it's totally escaped me oh my god 
this is like when people are like, what's your favorite movie ever? And you can't think of even like one movie you've ever watched. Um, <laughs> Alien. <laughs> uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, it's uh, who's Chris, in it? Chris Pratt. Oh, uh, and they're in. Hmm. They get wake up. They get woken up in the space with um. What's her Jennifer Lawrence, right? Uh, depart. No, it's not departure. Yes, Jennifer Lawrence. I couldn't remember her name. Chris Pratt. I'll find her right now. The movie wasn't uh that long ago, too, right? No, only a couple of years ago. It was Passengers. Passengers. The one it kind of reminded yes. me of that maybe all spaceships just look similar because it's <laughs> they could. So. yeah uh i don't know if you're if you've ever seen this movie i'm a really big fan of it with um sam rockwell moon i don't know it's okay a lot of people haven't seen it i highly recommend people watching it it's a okay. good isolation movie it's a it was perfect for the pandemic for me to rewatch it a few years back <laughs> but um it definitely is like one of those things which like it's just a one person show and then it kind of shows like he lives on the moon essentially uh and they're mining the moon and stuff like yeah, that yeah i think i've seen that oh okay nice oh wait no i'm thinking of the martian where he lives on mars oh that oh martian's that. also good but i feel like all of these space <laughs> movies have like some type of same feel and texture and look to everything yeah. but i think prometheus has it nailed i i think prometheus does it the best prometheus is just a really pretty movie yeah, it's really clean looking. Yeah. It's very crisp. So after they have been woken up, um, they are called into a meeting with um, Charlize Sh- 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 Theron's character, <laughs> who is um, <laughs> Vickers. She is the one who has helped fund this through, um, she works for Wayland Corporation, and uh, she brings everybody in. We meet once again, Elizabeth Shaw and Charlie, geologist Fifield, and biologist Milburn. We also meet uh, Janek, who is the captain of the ship, along with his co-pilots Chance and Ravel, who are really great. I really love the um, the actor who plays Ravel. I've seen him in so much stuff, and I can never remember his name. <laughs> oh, I'm the worst. Um, <laughs> I'm really bad with names. Like that's not that's okay. Me too. Just actors like everybody. <laughs> it's hard. It, it it's really funny because like I'll remember specific main characters' names, but all like yeah. the side cast, I would forget all of their names. I've got to write it down, otherwise, you, well, I'm not going to remember it. Sorry. Right. <laughs> I but yeah. No, this whole cast is nice. They yeah. all have different like um, charismas and characters that they bring to the table, yeah. which is nice. So we've got some biologists. We've got, um, I can't remember the other female. I don't know what she, the other female doctor. Um, Is it Ford? Yeah, I feel like she might be a medical doctor, like a surgeon. I think so too, because she takes the lead when yeah. they were having her on the table later yeah, on. Yeah, so I feel like she was yeah definitely the medical person in all of this, besides obviously the biologist who would know a lot of that stuff. Um, so they're basically told about what their mission is, um, but aren't really told the details just yet because I, I actually really love the scene where Shaw and Holloway are telling them about what the mission is. But <laughs> <laughs> but before that, we see this really amazing uh, holographic recording of Peter Whalen, who is talking about how um, he's recording this in 2091. He's unfortunately passed away since then i love that he says may i rest in peace 
<laughs> yeah. Um, he says, there's a man sitting with you today. His name is David, and he is the closest thing to a son I will ever have. And David, who is played by Michael Fassbender, is just his weird blonde... AI like Android, <laughs> like right. super weird. He's just sitting there. He's just like, yeah, and, hi. And it's, it's very interesting because <laughs> we see like small instances where he might be more than just a robot too. He kind of reacts, where yeah. it's like, oh yeah, the one thing that he lacks is a soul, and then he kind of like was, re- reacts to like, that oh, too. Oh. It's like, oh, huh. that's disappointing. So it's interesting to see like you know AI becoming as real as possible. And David, I feel like has some type of. Uh, very intelligent artificial intelligence yeah and even some of the things that he does you're just like wait a second you're too smart to be an android right it's his curiosity of like seeing her dreams or watching movies and repeating it and kind of learning from them it's just like oh you're (laughs) he's not like me but i'm like you're like me where it's like i take away from movies like quotes and lines where i'm like oh yeah that's very meaningful to me it's like it's like, what's the secret, William Potter? It's like, not minding that it hurts. I'm like, just that small stuff like that. I was like, oh, I love this movie. Yeah. Like, that's the stuff that I would pick away from a movie. Yeah. Um, so he goes on to talk about how he spent his entire life contemplating questions of where did we come from? What's per- what, are our, what is our purpose? What happens when we die? And he's like, I believe that um, Halloween Shaw are the closest to answering these questions through this particular mission. And so he talks about the Titan Prometheus, uh, which is what the ship is called, um, about Prometheus wanting to give mankind equal footing with the gods. um, And that's why he was cast out of Olympus. So this is kind of similar to Satan with God as well. So Satan Mm -hmm. believed that everybody should be equal and that no man should have any more power than anybody else. And he questioned God, you know, why do you have more power than all of us? Why do you get the final decision? Why do you get to do this? And that's why he was cast out of heaven. So for being too curious. (laughs) I think that's that's where Curiosity Killed the Cat came from. Right. (laughs) Prometheus was booted out of Olympus. Lucifer out of heaven. Can't win. We can't win. That's a really good comparison. Yeah, so I found that really fascinating um, that they. And Prometheus is the carrier of bringing them basically to hell right now. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! So, They're going to be definitely yeah. meeting their maker. Oh not yeah. In the way that Literally. they want to. <laughs> yeah. It's a good call out. <laughs> um. So he basically says. These two, they're in charge of this entire mission because this is their their life's work and everything they've done to bring this. And I love when Charlie brings up these images because I'm such a history freak, especially ancient <laughs> history. And so he's talking about, you know, um, Egyptian and Mesopotamian and like oh, Sumerian and Babylonian, like all these images having, and I'm just like sitting there like the little history nerd that I am. And I was like, wow. Like, this is so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. It awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is this real? Do they all see the same stuff that we see? Like that'd be, how amazing would that be? If in all of these ancient civilizations, there was like an image. A that common factor. Them, yeah. Like something that right. brought them all together. Like that's incredible. Yeah, that's out. a smart idea to like begin with this movie. It's like, this movie is very intelligent. I would have to say to you. Yeah. Did Ridley Scott structure. write this story? Uh, Ridley Scott? I'm oh, not sure he wrote no, it. No, I don't think he did. I have who wrote it. Oh, no, you're right. Um, he... uh, John Spates and Damon Lindelof. Yes. Amazing. 
food that they thing. that they come up with this. It's, it's just... really funny because John Spence uh, also wrote Passengers, so that's why it feels so alike. <laughs> and the screenplay as well for Dune a little bit as well. Huh. Everything's starting to make sense. Movies Everything that we just sense. referenced. Yeah. We talked about <laughs> the landscapes like... of Dune. We talked about Passengers, and it's all tied to Prometheus. Yeah. See, we're experts at what we do. <laughs> we would really know with all even not knowing. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But um, I love that. I love the enthusiasm that Halloway talks to them. Bus going past my house. <laughs> I lost concentration. <laughs> um, he's just so passionate and, and enthusiastic about his work. And he's like, look how amazing this is. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> and like Firefield's like, so you're saying we're here because of a map you two kids fa- found in a cave, is that right? <laughs> and Elizabeth is like, no, it's an invitation, you idiot. Like, can't you tell? Right. It's like those kids that go with the like a PowerPoint or a keynote presentation in front of class, and everyone's like asking questions that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Like, it's like just leave them alone, let them present. Just listen to the presentation, you yeah. jerk. <laughs> Stop interrupting. Um, but it is really fascinating because, um, you know, Firefield's like, who? Like, who would send this? And Shaw <laughs> says, we call them engineers. And he's like, uh, do you mind telling me exactly what they engineered? And she's like, us. And his response straight away is bullshit. <laughs> so I like that there's this conflict of beliefs of where people came from in just like small, like anecdotal situations between them. And it's kind of... Uh, a real conflict of where did we come from? And you can see that through the, yeah, the exchanges between them throughout the entire film, really. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's a lot of conflict of interest as well. It's like, I'm just here to make money and other people are here for like their beliefs and yeah. everyone has a different motive, which is kind of cool seeing clash with one another as well. Yeah. And I don't think I'd noted this, but there is a, speaking of beliefs and stuff, there's like um, a scene between David and Charlie a little bit after this talking about their beliefs. And, you know, David's like, well, why would you create me? Like, why would people create me? And Charlie's like, to prove that they can or because they can, you know? And it's kind of like, well, then why were we created? And it's like, because they could, they could create. Right. And I think he says like, what would you feel like if you had that same answer told to you essentially? Yeah, like, yeah, it's a could. really interesting... I wish I wrote it down. It's like, damn, I'm an deep. idiot. <laughs> You're good. But I think that that's why, I, like I said, the philosophical side of this and questioning life and where we came from is so fascinating to me. Right. And that's something that, like, makes this movie more of a standalone than, like, the Alien franchise. Because yeah. they don't really talk about those themes at all. No. It's just more of a survival isolation horror movie. Yeah, definitely. But this goes a little bit deeper into, like, the psychological of, like, where do we come from? It gives me, like, existential crisis afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, right, where do I go when I die now? (laughs) Right. It's like, what is, what's that? Yeah. The scientist tells me, like, I go into the ground and that's it. And I go back where I came from, you know, return to where you came from once came. And then, like, the spiritualist in me tells me I get trapped. My soul gets trapped between a plane of existence and I just get to live amongst everybody else in, like, another kind of dimension kind of thing. But then, you know, logically, I really just go in the ground, right? <laughs> like, right. Or do we? I don't know. Or do we? Exactly. And See? this is why I have an existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so uh, the Promethe the Prometheus, the Prometheus enters the atmosphere and they experience some turbulence that dissipates as they break through the cloud cover. And this scene I love because they see this big. It's like because it's just black rock everywhere. It's um, it's as if it's caught an inf- an infection and there's like nothing left of it. And there is a reason right. why this plant, well, this moon was chosen by the engineers. Uh, which we find out later on in the film. Um, oh, well, it's speculated later on in the film. Um, they land near a temple-style, temple-like pyramid, um, and Shaw, Holloway, David, um, and Fifield and Milburn are going to investigate they're going out to have a look around like a field exercise if you will but Vickers have told them that they are not to directly contact any life force on that planet and they're to return if they do encounter any aliens or any other life on the planet right some Uh, hidden agenda on her part yes um so uh, Janik stays on board and he's going to obviously take care of the ship with his crew. But I love this scene as they're getting ready to go. Um, Holloway's like, David, why are you wearing a suit? <laughs> like, you can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, good call. Good question. Not he's too like, bad. Yeah, good one. And he's like, I was designed like this um, because you are more comfortable interacting with your own kind. If I didn't wear a suit, it would defeat the purpose. And I was just like, oh. That's pretty creepy. <laughs> but Charlie right. says... That's a whole, like, social commentary, too. It's like, you don't like what's different. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that oh, xenophobia. Damn, like, right, the, so it's yeah. everything. It's like, yeah. it's like, I was made to make you feel comfortable. Ugh. I was like, oh, that's a... That's even creepier. How <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> do you make me feel weird. uncomfortable and more organic than <laughs> yeah. you, like, pretending? And because Charlie says, they're making you guys pretty close, huh? And David says, not too close, I hope. Like, he doesn't even want to be a person. <laughs> right, because he knows that they're flawed and they're issued. and Yeah. <laughs> he sees himself as a higher power than them, for sure. Yeah, he's just movie. like, he's very egotistical. Like, you guys, yuck. <laughs> and that's why he's so, like, mission-focused, too. Like, he, he doesn't care about any of their survival, to be honest. Except for maybe a few. But, like... <laughs> He does things in this movie where I'm like, oh, damn, you're ruthless. But at yeah. the same time, you're doing it for a purpose of the mission. Yeah. And obviously him being an android and not having, you know, what we consider a soul. Empathy or yeah. remorse. Yeah. Which is, you know, people saying you have no soul just means you lack those things, but it's got nothing to do with your soul. Um, I find that uh, that um, allegory really strange where it's like you're soulless and it's like, no, I just don't feel empathy or compassion the same way that you do. Right. That's so weird. It's That's just true. a weird analogy, I think. Yeah. Especially for people who don't believe in, like, religious, like, don't have religious beliefs and, like, the whole connotations that a soul gives a person. Because <laughs> it's like, no, don't be blaming this on your shitty soul. <laughs> like, this is you. <laughs> this is only you. <laughs> yeah. Um... I love the scenes that they do where uh, they're in their like little vehicles, and it's like the top. What's it called? E- top down view? Is that uh, overhead shots? Overhead? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, I really love those as they're like you know speeding along. David's like in a different vehicle because he can just be out in the air and be fine. 
That's true. So <laughs> the one thing to make everyone feel comfortable, he's actually doing stuff that's not normal at all still. Yeah, he's like, wouldn't you just sit in the van with everybody else? <laughs> nope. Gotta be yeah. weird. He's not too close to like them. He's not. Yeah, he has to be a little <laughs> bit different. They enter the pyramid and discover that they can actually breathe in there. Um, I don't because they do. They've got the, just the coolest technology. I I love sci-fi films for the purpose yes. that they just go all out with tech, and they're like, let's make the impossible probable. Yeah, uh, I, I have to agree. They they do such a good job with making everything feel like. It would exist around that time too. Yeah, yeah. Like everything seems believable at this point. And the guy, I think, was it Fairfield or something like that? Yeah. He has his pups. He releases his pups out to like scan out the entire area, map out everything as well. And I was like, that's really cool technology. And they kind of like how and bark as well, like dogs would do. And I'm like, yeah. that's <laughs> kind of cool. He designed it that way. Yeah. Why not? Like I believe it. I'll take it. I'll have it. I love that they oh. have, like, screens on the inside of their, like, helmets. Like, that makes so right. much sense. Like, it's so handy. It's, Why wouldn't it's you perfect. have that? It's what Google Glass tried to do <laughs> way back when. And I was like, no, this is, like, was it 2012? They were able to get this done, like, via movie-wise. So, yeah. I mean, this could be a technology that we can have in the near future, too. Oh, that'd be so uh, cool. But I love the use of yellow everywhere. Yeah. It's a very distinct yellow color, too. And yellow for, like, movies are usually used for, like, caution or warning. So it's always been, like, you guys are about to be in danger always. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of the Alien film as well. That, yes. um, like, gives that nostalgia value for those who do love the Alien film, too. Because you're like, oh, this feels like Alien. Like, this feels like an Alien movie. And I yeah. really appreciate that throughout. I, I like that they actually brought it back to the spaceship. Like, they do in the first Alien yeah great choice excellent choice or is it not on their part (laughs) (laughs) um so while they're in there they uh unlock a chamber and it's got like a drop down uh entryway that has cut off the head of a giant alien which they believe is one of the engineers inside of this chamber is also hundreds um, I think there's even more than hundreds of cylinder artifacts that are one or two of them that David approaches is oozing a black goo. Ew. Yeah. Mm. It looks so gross, but also yeah. very cool. Yeah. They yeah. continue looking around the structure and find other um, like bodies of other species within the chamber. And they also look they actually see archive footage in one of the mm-hmm. chambers, which I thought was so cool. This was awesome. The um the engineers that look like they're running away from something through right. the tunnel. I was like, oh, that is so cool. It's smart. It's it's really good exposition and storytelling without telling us a full story with just yeah. visuals. It was like, awesome. Cool. Something went down here. Something terrible where our engineers were in danger. Our creators. We're running yeah. from something. Yeah, what the hell happened? Yeah, and then the and whole, like, the whole room with all, like, those, like, cylinders and stuff like that, too. It's, like, it's a perfect rec- recreation of uh, the egg scene, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. There was a scene a little uh, bit really later cool. from this where there, I thought there were eggs, but it wasn't eggs, and I was like, oh, thank God. Right. I don't want a whole bunch of, like, face huggers here right now, please. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. 
Um, so there, David. This is where we start to see David's like extracurricular activities going on. He's got his own agenda. He basically packs up one of the cylinders and puts it in his little backpack and puts it into the into the vehicle with him. Um, and they're basically told that they need to leave because there's a storm approaching. Yeah. Um, and it's moving fast. Like I. Oh yeah. I love. Like this I scene. said. This movie is very grand and very big in scale. And this is one yeah. of those scenes where, like, I wish I could watch this again in the movie theater to see yeah. how massive this storm is. Did you see it? Because you the get cinema? these great shots a uh, long time ago when it first came out. Yes. Me too. Yeah. And you can see, like, how small their vehicle is from this, like, shot that you far back. Yeah. And you just see the storm size and you're just like, yes, this is awesome. This is oh, meant fuck. for a big screen. <laughs> But, yeah. yeah, and it, it's intense. The sound mixing, the sound mixing is incredible in this movie. You yeah. hear everything, and yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, I think it reminds I, me I, of Mad Max. Yes, really. yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that movie so much. Me too. I've been watching it like but, at least once a fortnight lately. <laughs> when it comes to sandstorms, look wise, I think Prometheus wins. Yeah, action wise, Mad Max Fury Road. Um, but, yes. Music wise, Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> True. Although I do love the score for this movie. Yeah. The score for this is so haunting. I really want to listen to it just on its own. Maybe I need to do that. Definitely need to do that. Um, So they're heading back. Um, Unfortunately, Milburn and Fifield are stranded in the pyramid because they decided they were going to leave and meet them back at the vehicles. However, they kind of got lost on their way out. Uh, Here's one of the things I don't like. The guy who's mapping out the whole entire area is the guy who gets lost. <laughs> this is where, like, all right, a little bit of disbelief has to happen yeah. for a viewer. It's like, how do they leave first and not find their way back out? How did they not get but found the other ones by who, everybody like, else on their way The out. ones who are not professionals and, like, mapping stuff out find their way out. I'm like, hold on. Time out. Some stuff don't make sense. But at the same time, because I love this movie so much, I just let it go. Yeah, you're just like, you know what? I'll give you this one. You can have it. You can but have it. This don't is one do Don't do it again. <laughs> and then I have one more issue. With oh, this really? Game. <laughs> it's, it's these two characters. These oh, are the two really? I'm talking about. I thought it might be. <laughs> I was like, you guys make no sense. Like, your reasoning behind stuff. I'm just like, it's like you were the right to leave the first time. And then you yeah. fucked that up. And then you're like, oh, let's touch everything. But we'll get there. Yeah. Like, we don't want to be in here because it's creepy as fuck. But let's right. touch everything. But Please. when we see something that's creepy as fuck, let's touch it. Oh, my God. I know. But, but yeah, um, I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> so Shaw actually packs the engineer's head that they had found um, and takes it back with them. They barely make it alive because the sandstorm hits just as they hit the, um, like, the, what's it called? Like, that uh, big door. The yeah. big door. The big door from the ship. <laughs> yeah, the big ship door. That's what we're going to call it. Um, and basically, because um, Shaw is blown away, so of course Charlie's going to go after her. But then David straps himself in with like a little clip and goes out and gets them. And he's the hero for that point in time. Which is really cool because it shows how calculated and professional he really is. He like knows how to solve problems on the spot. Yeah, and it looks effortless, and yeah. that's really cool. 
It just shows, like, how good he is at what he does. Yeah. I was really worried that they were going to get killed because I hadn't seen this movie in so long. I was like, fuck, do they die here? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, they can't. It's way too early. (laughs) Yeah. A little early. Um... So back at the ship, Shaw and so Ford is a medic. So yes, a surgeon of some type, I believe. And they have the engineer's head on a operating on an operating table. And they with David's help, they remove the helmet. And underneath is basically a human looking head. Underneath all of that. Very creepy. It was it was like uncanny valley creepy for me. <laughs> and I feel like this is another like um, callback to the original movie when we see Ash's head on the table, where it's like another decapitated head, kind of being reanimated in a way. Yeah, so it's like I love oh, that. little nice little callbacks and Easter eggs and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, so I love this scene because it's really gross. So they bring, <laughs> they are able basically to animate the head using um, like electrodes and, and whatnot. And the um, the engineer is obviously not meant to breathe oxygen, and he starts to like disintegrate um, and decompose. But um, I love that they like. Uh, panicking and they like push his head into that container for um to be uh decontaminated and his head like explodes that (laughs) reminded me of the first movie like of the aliens exploding and the um like the goo and and whatnot like that real grossness to to the first movie right there's a lot of like body horror that we just experienced really fast on with this movie yeah and i'm just like oh okay damn I'm so happy you guys brought that back to the ship. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that worked right. out. What the fuck's going to happen now? Thanks, heaps, all of you. <laughs> so David is investigating the cylinder and discovers that there are like little, I don't know, I've got a word here because I, I, I do use IMDB to help me with my triggering my brain. Um, so it says that there is amples, which is a small sealed vial, which is used to contain and preserve a sample. So inside of these cylinders Mm. are these little vials, I couldn't think of the word, (laughs) um, with a black fluid. Uh, the crew of the Prometheus are hanging around discussing the meaning of life and David, this is where David is questioning why he was created in the first place. And yeah. that um, basically this is where Holloway is telling him, like, you were created because man could create you. They wanted to, so they did it. End of story. That's it. Right. Sad. He has a really good line because he's looking at, like, a, a little drop of the black goo on his fingertip. And it's kind of cool seeing the Wayland uh, Corporation logo on his fingertip to show that he is, like, you know, Android. He's not real. He's fake. Uh, but he says, big things have small beginnings. And I, that's like one of the taglines they did for the promotional stuff yeah. too. And I'm just like, that's really cool. Like this was the start of everything. The Alien franchise would have never started if it didn't like start here. So yeah. like big things have small beginnings. This is the very intimate group that kind of like led to everything that we all love afterwards. Yeah. That was kind of cool with that line. I didn't even think of that. I was just like, ah, oh, 
obviously if it's used on promotion, Catherine, it means something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Shaw also questions her own existence because she uh, reveals that she's infertile and therefore cannot create life. So why should she even be here if she cannot continue to do, you know, to create, continue to create life the same way that, you know, uh, Wayland has created David and that, you know, humans are expected to continue to create um which i thought was really interesting that they did have someone infertile as as a as a woman as a someone with a uterus um i just found it really fascinating that they would discuss infertility from a female's perspective right. um it was yeah i found it very very um uh like raw in a way just as because it is yeah it's a it, it's like subject. a it's a very touchy subject. It's a very kind of a dark theme of like, maybe that's why she's there to begin with. She wants to yeah. understand why she's made the way she is while other people can. And what's the meaning of life? Where does she really yeah. come from? Uh, it's probably questions that she's asked herself for a long time because of her infertility. But it just feels like out of left field sometimes when I first hear it. And then yeah. what we see happen later on, it's like, oh yeah, she's about to create life. Oh, okay. Now we now we know why this is such way. a weird fucking yeah. situation for her and right. terrifying. So it's kind of like it's the miracle of life, but it's also the opposite because this is the start start of death, and that's what she calls it later on too. Yeah, she's like, it's there's nothing but death here. Yeah, but oh, she's God. like the beginning Ooh. of the start of that too. So I'm like, yeah, oh, what? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, David, we see David uh, basically put some of the black substance in Holloway's glass of champagne. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're celebrating their discovery. They're all having a couple of glasses of champagne. David has slipped uh, some of this black fluid into Holloway's drink. Um, I don't even think David understands the impact that this will have. He just knows that it's not good. <laughs> I think he knows to an extent. Oh, okay. Because because he, he definitely even asked the question too. He's like, oh, what would you do in order to have questions answered? And Holloway answers, or, sorry, is that his name? Holloway, uh, Charlie, right? yeah, Holloway. Charlie. Yeah. Um, he answers, like, yeah, I would do anything to get answers. And that's yeah. when he puts his finger in there. It's like, cool, you're going to see what the answers cool. are going to be They're like in a messed up way. This is. <laughs> yeah. Um, later on, Shaw and the infected Holloway have sex. And afterwards, Holloway is looking in the mirror and we see that his eyes are quite red. Um, like he's been rubbing his eyes, or like conjunctivitis <laughs> almost. But when they look close at his, um, his what's the middle of your eye called? Pupil. Your eye, pupil iris. <laughs> we see a silver worm emerge from one of his corneas and then like dive Ugh. back in. I was so grossed out by that. So creepy. When I first saw it, I was like really disgusted by it. I was like, oh, that's good, but in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> or that's awful, but in a good way. <laughs> like you got me to feel that type of way. Just like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this right now. As someone yeah. who wears glasses, like anything near my eyes, I'm like, nah, nope. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> get away from me. <laughs> um. So we see Fifield and Milbourne, Milburn, that's like, Melbourne, Melbourne. Um, sorry, that's just me. You know when you hear a word and you're like, that doesn't sound right. Right. <laughs> that was just me working it out. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. 
I, I love this scene because they're just like, oh, when they, so a snake-like creature emerges from um, some black fluid that has come out of some cylinders. We see the cylinders actually tipped over. And I love that Milburn's like, oh, look at him. He's, he's trying to say hello. And it's like, no, get the fuck out. What are right. you doing? So a lot of people <laughs> miss this too. It's it's really cool because the black goo starts melting off like the the, the vases or whatever the the vials and stuff like that, they start coming yeah. out. Uh, in the earlier scene, we see a little tiny worm creature in the mud beforehand. Ah, oh, yes, yeah. Which is like, okay, a lot of people miss, that's the creature that gets turned into that other monstrous creature that we see now. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, cool. So this kind of like evolves whatever it touches. Yeah. And it's super gross. It kind of weaponizes it, essentially. Yeah. Because it's, um, I love that it does have this very uh, innocuous, like, oh, it's harmless kind of look to it. Right. At, it's, uh, at first. It does not look like, harmless. I have to say, me. like, the first time I see it, I'm like, nah, fuck that shit. I'm out. <laughs> Which they were all about that. They didn't even see anything yet. They're like, yeah, I just want to leave. I want to go back to the ship. But now they see something. They're like, like oh, what? let's stay here and play with it. <laughs> what? Let's be friends. <laughs> Yeah, for, for scientists and astronauts who are supposed to be very smart and intelligent, make good decisions, I'm just like, this scene kind of gets me sometimes. But I'm like, I'll let yeah. it pass again. But I mean, also curiosity. Just like, okay, right. we're here, we're stuck here till the morning, like, Janek said he's not coming to get us till tomorrow. Let's uh, let's check it out. Oh, cool, this weird snake thing came out of some goo. <laughs> but it looks harmless. Cause it it is a very it. terrifying scene. It's a no the lighting's so good, too. And then he shines the flashlight at it right now, and then he, like it opens up. Like, That's when they were like, like oh, "Oh wow, wait a second, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. does does not want to be friends." But <laughs> still messes with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's like a typical boys thing as well. Like boys will be like, "Oh, this looks really threatening. Let's poke it." Right. Let's yeah, see what like, happens. I guess uh, it's like uh, yeah, it could be a, like a guy thing. It's like. A competition of power, essentially. <laughs> Let's see who's more powerful here, little nope right. Um, But Milburn actually tries to touch it. And when he does, it grabs his hand and, like, twists itself around his arm. Yeah. And snaps it. Now, I don't usually get freaked out or grossed out by much. Like, I'll go, oh, yeah. that's gross. But I won't hate it. Sound of bone snapping? Mm-mm. Like you know how everybody just has brutal. that one thing. Oh that yeah, really is just like makes them want to like dry heave. For me, it's bone snapping. Anything? Oh mm, no. And this watching, not only hearing it but seeing it at the same time, I was like, oh no, I yeah, forgot this it's, happens. It's a very terrifying scene, and you could tell like the the worm or snake like creature is pure muscle. Oh yeah, it's like it's it's crazy design the creature design on this too is beautiful like he calls it beautiful but at the same time like it is beautiful yeah. but it's also terrifying so they did a really yeah. good job with creating something as scary as maybe a xenomorph early on yeah uh in this movie because this is the first time we actually see something creature wise threatening the crew and that's after an hour into the runtime yeah it's so crazy but i think a lot of this film is exposition and then a lot of setting up really amazing shots and, and right. whatnot. So the movie does go for two hours and four minutes. 
Yeah. But it doesn't well, feel time. like that. No, it goes by quick. Yeah. It's because it's well paced. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I forget how it is just really easy to watch. Yeah. Oh, um, I've I've seen this movie too many times. <laughs> so while he is um while this thing has broken Milburn's arm, Fifield tries to cut it off and when he cuts it in half his entire helmet is covered in like um the corrosive fluid that we all know and love from our yeah. xenomorphs <laughs> and so cool. uh, yeah i love that they had this as well so is this meant to be like one of like an early like an early evolution of a xenomorph yeah this is all yeah. of the building blocks essentially like this liquid is what creates the xenomorphs in the future Okay, cool. Because I was like, okay, yeah. so obviously the same as like we evolved, aliens would have evolved as well. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I'm thinking the same way. Yes. Um, the creature then... Um, uh, where am I? So the creature gets into Milburn's suit and uh, forces itself down his throat, which I thought was just... Ugh. <sighs> yeah. Awful way to go. Yeah, I feel for him. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next morning, the storm has kind of subsided and the crew has returned to the pyramid uh, to look for Melbourne and Fifield and they find Melbourne's corpse. Um, do they, they take him back, don't they? Or do they leave uh, him? I think, I think so. I don't know what they do. I'm trying to look right now. I don't see them taking them yeah, I don't think they took, they took him. But uh, yeah, the other body is missing essentially. And then yeah. David goes around discovering the ship itself. Yeah, because he goes on a different. He goes to a different entrance, I think, to where the crew has gone because he's on his own mission. And he did have Vickers right. on the body cam, and he literally just like turns it off. He's like, "I'm not letting you know <laughs> yeah. what's going on or what I'm doing." She's all, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he cut me off. Yeah. Um, Look, I'm going to be honest, I really didn't like uh, Charlize Theron in this film. I feel like she was very unutilized. Yes. Because she's a great, great. actress, she does mm -hmm. a lot of great performances, but she doesn't do much in this movie, but yeah. kind of just give orders and just stays behind majority of the time. So there's not much for her to do, I guess. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen her in a different role, for sure. Yeah, as part of the main crew, maybe, to go out yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Because she is, she is brilliant. And watching her be in this role, I was like, oh, you really, like, you wasted her time. You're just there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you take her out of the movie, the movie doesn't change. Exa yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, her role could have been, like, the AI ship giving orders from, like, yeah. Wayland Corporations. Kind of like Mother did in the yeah, first movie. Yeah. And, but nobody would have even noticed it was her. Which yeah, is really She was basically Mother. <laughs> yeah. And she yeah. is a, she's incredible. And you're just like, what are you yeah. people doing? Um, David discovers a room that contains a living engineer in stasis and a star map that shows um, a whole bunch of other planetary systems surrounding the, um, the moon in which they have landed on. Yes. So he watches it and he is actually able to activate the... Sorry, he watches the engineer-activated navigational system and it goes through, I think they do like a warp through and they find it like goes to Earth. Like that's where they were heading. They were heading to Earth with their ship at that point in time. 
um, the system shuts down and um, basically David is like, great, here's a stasis pod. Cool. Engineer's still alive. Let's do it. Let's... This is literally one of my favorite scenes too, visually oh, really? speaking. Because, oh, yeah. Um, it's gorgeous to look at. And then I remember mm. watching this uh, in theaters in 3D and the holograms of like the earth with like a bunch of other space stuff going through the maps and stuff like that with David and, and the way it's shot where there's like overhead, it zooms up, he's in the middle and he's well centered. Yeah. It is a very gorgeous piece to look at. And like I said, this movie makes it very believable that this tech does exist in this world. Yeah. Because, like, cool, aliens are more advanced than us. This would look as spectacular as it does right now. Um, it's kind of weird that they have, like, squishy buttons. That, like, that's all right, there's another like, pass, the too. Like, that's <laughs> I was weird. like, no, there's they eggs. They look like eggs, no. yeah. <laughs> and then they all make, like, weird sounds that doesn't yeah. sound like it would be part of this. <laughs> like, it sounds like a soundboard. And I'm just like, huh, that's weird. But, like, hmm. again, this is stuff that I, like, nitpick and kind of, like, move past. Like, I like this movie. I'm going to defend it. Absolutely. Yeah. But I can understand where some people might not like some of these scenes. Yeah, I absolutely. I don't like yeah. that they used a, uh, a flute to activate the navigational system. Like, you are technologically advanced aliens. You're really going to use, like, a flute playing a couple of notes? Yeah. Like, really? What if you lose your flute? What it, what do you do? Do you make yeah. a new flute? Like, where do you get a new flute from? Do you have to set up the whole new <laughs> system to, like, be configured with the new flute? I don't know. Like, it just seems like a logistical nightmare to me. And how does David know how to play it already? I don't know. <laughs> Why is David... Sure. Don't give David the flute. <laughs> yeah, he overuses it in the second movie. <laughs> does he really? But we don't talk about it. There's I, <laughs> Because you haven't seen it, I'm not going to say anything. Oh, but okay. There's a I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when he does the flute thing. And you're just like, why? Why, David? You're gonna, yeah, it's a very questionable scene. Yeah. It's like, why is um, that in here? <laughs> why is that here? Why would you do that? Um, so the infection that Hall Holloway had picked up on by looking in his eyeballs, he's actually speaking to Shaw saying, you know, you work in infections, like... He said, you know infections, which also leads me to believe that she's a lot more scientific-based than um, than archaeology. Maybe she's a forensic archaeologist. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, she's like, you look really bad. <laughs> like, he, he yeah. bad. Like, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. But, like, her response was so, like, calm. Like, she was like, we need to get back. He looks really bad. Like, let's go now. And I was like... I love that she is so in control in this situation until yeah. she gets to the ship where she's like fucking pissed off at that point because Vickers won't let uh, Halloway in, even though she's called for quarantine and said, you know, um, we need to put him into quarantine. So I'm assuming ships like that would have a quarantine like area and process yeah. where um, he could be and be, be kept, like properly quarantined. Absolutely. And they even touch upon that in the very first movie too, where, they want to quarantine. I forgot who's the guy who had the face hug on his face, but they take him right to the ship, and that's how kind of like everything went down. It's like, oh shit, we should have just yeah. quarantined them to begin with. But yeah, it's another cool callback to the original. Yeah. Um. So there's this really ter this scene really irked me just because of my own personal experiences with fire, but um. So Vickers basically refuses to let him on board. She's got a flamethrower with him. And he's like, just, he's like, kill me. 
kill me now. Just don't even second guess yourself. Set me on fire right now. And that actually really, I was like, oh, I don't think I can watch anymore after that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's tough. And yeah. then she, uh, she looks at him and says, like, I love you. And then, boom, it's yeah. burst into flames. It's very sad. It's pretty sad, isn't it? Damn. Uh, everybody is back inside. And because Shaw did ask for quarantine, everybody's getting checked um, for the virus at this point. And during a medical scan, David lets Shaw know that even though she's sterile, she is also pregnant. Sketch. Three months pregnant. Three months to be pregnant. Exact. They just had sex. She had sex, and she says the day before. Ten hours ago. Ten yeah. hours ago. What the hell? Um, he also takes off the cross that her father gave her, saying that it could be contaminated. And God, God, David says to her, um, it must feel like your God abandoned you. And she says, what? And David says, to lose Dr. Holloway, your your father died under such similar circumstances. What is it that killed him? Ebola? And she's like, what, what do you, how do you know this? And he's like, I've watched your dreams. Right. Like, I get that he wants to know the people that he's on, on a ship with, uh, but that just seems so intrusive. <laughs> But that's why I say, like, David feels like a godlike figure. He feels bigger than them. And he's like, yeah. and the uh, symbolism of him kind of taking her cross away is like, I'm taking your religion away and your yeah. belief. It's like your god had to abandon you or betrayed you. And he's kind of yeah. like making her challenge her own faith. The funny Which... thing is, I don't know if she believed in God or if she believed in evolution from the fact right. that that she came from or she believes that she came from the engineers and i think that's her driving force for this entire mm. movie and motivations that she wants to find out yeah because yeah. even her dreams with her uh, father talking about like their mom and how she died and like oh many people believe that she's in a better place right now and it's like oh is that what you believe it's like that's what i choose to believe yeah but yeah. that's always like something that's constantly being told i think that's also what david says later on who quotes his her own father saying like oh this is what i choose to believe or something like that yeah so but also yeah, the symbol of her wearing the cross but believing that they came from engineers shows her respect for her father too in that yeah. people do have different beliefs because yeah. i i know that her dad does talk about how he was trying to help people with different beliefs and they didn't want his help and that was hard for him and um and then they were talking about where where do you go when you die yeah so I think it was a, yeah, another fascinating, you know, existential conversation. <laughs> True. Spiraling out of control. And now she's pregnant. And now she's pregnant. But with an alien. She, with an alien. Ugh. Um, she escapes. Like, I, doesn't she, like, knock David over or something? I, I can't remember. Even though I so they put her to sleep and then essentially she was pregnant oh, to stay right. asleep with the doctors coming on. Like uh, about to do the procedure for her to go to cryostasis to like yeah. put her to sleep because they were just gonna ice her, kind of like what the first movie was gonna be like too, where they were just gonna like freeze it and take it back home. Um, they're pretty much doing the same mission essentially. Yeah. They're trying to find this alien creature to bring back to possibly weaponize for Wayland corporations, and I always like movies where there's like big corporations behind everything too. Yeah, I, I don't know why I always love that. The evils of uh, capitalism and greed. Right. 
It's like it's all one big scheme for a business. Uh, yeah. And like I said, they do such a good job of world building, and you kind of like believe it. It's like, yeah, Wayland is terrible. <laughs> Wayland Utani is a terrible company. Yeah, horrible place. But um, she knocks over Ford and another doctor that's come in to put her in cryostasis, and she escapes to Vicar's quarters to a like um, they have like medical a medical pod. Yeah, yeah that so repairs cool. anything, but she notices that it's set for men only. Right. So she has to, like, program it manually to remove this thing from her uterus, which is, um, which I found really fascinating, another fascinating link to Alien, because um, a lot of feminist writers do talk about Alien being, like, in that uterus horror um, yeah. kind of subgenre, and and that's how it's been anal- like analyzed. And I love reading stuff like that because I never look at it that way. Um, and so I feel like this is another like nod to the original with that uterus horror and having it removed and that motherly kind of um, discussion and symbolism that's around the first film, like being a mother or you know, and now sure refusing to be a vessel for a child like that autonomy that she wants because she literally yells at david like get it the fuck out of me right and i I just found it really powerful that she was like well if you're not gonna do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna get this (laughs) thing i'm gonna get this thing out of me this is my body i don't want it in me right yeah and i i think that that's a really interesting link to the to the first well to the alien franchise no i agree i feel like that's a constant theme with everything yeah and I'm kind of glad that they did bring it into this one and thought and knew that it's an important element of of the franchise. Yes, absolutely. So, in a very horrific looking <laughs> surgery, oh, I just winced at this whole thing because she doesn't have anesthetic. Well, she uses like really basic anesthetic. Right. Um, she just no, injects she's... it herself. Yeah, she's just like, I'm just going to put it everywhere and hope that it doesn't hurt. Uh. But. Oh, it's brutal. Like, even the staples going in after they've ripped out this, like, cephalopod from her stomach. Well, from her uterus, not just her stomach. There's, like, layers and layers and layers of body parts that they have lasered through for this thing. And right. it, Like, the sequence itself is horrifying, but it's so yeah. good and so visually, like, stimulating. It's like, yeah. it looks horrific because it looks realistic. Yeah. And Absolutely. she's an incredible actress. The way she's like freaking out, moving her body and stuff like that. This yeah. must have been a very like tiring and very demanding scene to actually like make. And I don't know how they actually filmed it. It seems like it's mostly practical effects. I would yeah. want to think. Yeah. Uh, but the creature looks really good. And then yeah, the whole close-ups of her inside the pot itself while it's happening. It's in yeah. her facial reactions. It's very visceral and it's it's terrifying. This is probably one of the scariest scenes in this movie, for sure. Yeah. I think because because I hadn't seen it for so long, I f- had forgotten what she takes out of her uterus. And I was like, yeah. oh, holy fuck. And the way <laughs> oh it like opens and spills all the like guts <laughs> oh, all over her oh, with her open oh stomach, I'm just like, this oh. is fucking gnarly. <laughs> oh, yuck. Um, like, I love it, though. I love how terrible and horrifying it is, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I love how she also just puts all of that aside. She's got the... She gets the fuck out of there. She sees this thing. she's a badass. She's like, I am not staying in this pod with whatever that is. 
and she locks it in the pod. And I think she, um, they spray the, what's the stuff when you're getting decontamination? Um, yeah. She, she, I don't think it, well, it obviously doesn't kill it, but um, I think she was hoping that the decontamination spray would do something. But right. yeah, she just gets the hell out of there. She is like, Smart. nope. She's no. the smartest character in this movie. She is in, she is incredible. And I know that, you know, um the actress Numi, she did um dismiss like any claims that, you know, she's meant to be a Ripley style character. But for me, she felt like that. Like that yeah. power and that that dedication and that that intelligence that, that Ripley has. Like, why can't, you know, Shaw have all of that as well? She does. In my book, she, she does. does. She's, she's a very not meant powerful to be character. Yeah, she's her own. She's yeah. her own, all, you know, whole other bag. And I yeah, think she's she a great protagonist her. to follow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at this point in time, an incredibly mutated Fifield attacks the hangar and kills a couple of the the um, mercenaries that are hanging out there that are meant to be on this um, entire trip. And then kills himself. I can't remember how he yeah. did that. What happened in that scene? I can't. I was too busy. Um, laugh. This is one scene that made me laugh a lot because he looked I think so for some ridiculous. Scenes. Yeah, uh, for some people, this scene definitely made people laugh. But yeah. he gets like run over by the car, the rover, and then they also <laughs> light him on fire as well. Yeah. You're just like, damn, <laughs> overkill. But yeah. it just shows that whatever this substance is, it weaponizes the human body or whatever organic life form it takes hold of. Yeah. So, yeah. It's there for destruction, destructive purposes. Yes. So while this is all happening, Jenik actually speculates that what they have found is actually part of an engineered military base that has basically lost control of its biological weapon, which is probably the smartest thing anybody has fucking said in this whole entire movie. <laughs> right. But he says, um, you know what this place is? Those engineers, this ain't their home. It's an installation, maybe even military. They put it here in the middle of nowhere because they're not stupid enough to make weapons of mass destruction on their own doorstep. That's what all that shit is in those vases. They made it here. It got out, turned on them, the end. It's time for us to go home. And I think that that is probably the, yeah, the smartest like piece of speculation that's happened right. in the entire movie. <laughs> that's the whole exposition we needed. It's like, cool, yeah, now it. we know, let's get the fuck out of here. Only yeah. my one main question for this movie is like, so why did everyone have the paintings of this constellation if it was just a military base? Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. It's like, hey, this is our military base that's going to make massive uh, weapons of mass destruction to kill all of you guys later in the future. Let me Why tell you about it so you can draw about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I was like, probably okay, to get someone there. Plot point. Yeah, someone to get there Maybe. and bring it home. Okay. Like, yeah, like, uh, like in reverse psychology. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come find us so you can destroy yourselves. Ex- exactly. And, and it could be like, like a, a the theme of self destruction, right? Yeah. 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 Like mutual self-destruction. Yeah, or self destructing ourselves. Well, myself, no, not. Yeah. Uh, so in all of this, we also find out that Mr. Wayland has actually just been in cryostasis on the ship the entire time. That little fucker. That motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> all of the money in the world. This is and this is what he wanted to do. 
meet his maker. Uh, <laughs> I find it hella funny that it's still Guy Pierce as well. Yeah. Like, they just like find an old guy, but they're like, no, we're going to have Guy Pierce in a lot of makeup and stuff. Yeah, Why not? He looks so funny. Just yeah. because he does, he looks he looks like himself, but with <laughs> so much prosthetics. Wrinkly. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, we also find out that Vickers is his daughter. So that would have been really great for her to sit through that presentation where he's like, "This is David. He's the closest thing I have to a son." Don't worry <laughs> about my daughter. That's right here. <laughs> Fuck her. <laughs> She's nothing to me. <laughs> well, he kind of does treat her like shit anyway. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, and we find out that he came along because he basically wants to meet the engineers himself before he dies. He wants to find out where he came from, you know. Because, you know, if I had $34 bazillion, that's what I'd do with it. That's true. I'd go to space. Yeah. I'd go to space, but not that far. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I don't need to go all the way to like meet the people who created me of course uh, so he convinces them that they've got to all go back to the structure to the pyramid and wake up the engineer because David is like no there's there's one of them still awake um, I can wake him up and um, he uh... oh I just lost my spot so they go to wake up the engineer, and there's a note here that I grabbed from the trivia that the spaceship that he is in is meant to be the same design as the abandoned spaceship seen in the original Alien. Nice. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's really cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. I like that. I wouldn't have even noticed because I just am really bad with like detail. I uh, it took a note to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they wake up the engineer and David basically speaks to him in his language, in the alien language, because David has taught himself. I don't know how he learned. Um, and basically he says to him, why did you make mankind? And can you extend the life of Mr. Wayland? In response, the engineer rips off David's head and kills Wayland and Ford. <laughs> <laughs> with ease He's like, no dickheads wake me up from my cryostasis and you want answers to the meaning of life what do you think this is a monty python sketch get out right uh, so he's not yeah dead. this scene is pretty brutal too how he kills yeah. them all he uses david's head to hit uh wayland <laughs> i'm just like damn that's kind of brutal <laughs> I love it's like that. i'm using your own son's head against you technically <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I'm oh, it's, it's crazy. It, it's um, just a room full of creators, right? Wayland created David. Yeah. David kills his creator. And then they're, the, the, the main creator kills, kills his offspring. So it's like, <laughs> what? What's going on? There's a lot of deep layers to this movie. <laughs> yeah. But Shore is lucky enough to escape. And... Um, she escapes as the engineer has reactivated his spaceship. Yes. Um, David is a head <laughs> in the spaceship. <laughs> and um, he speaks to them via his um, communicating radio thing. System, yeah. Yeah, that he thinks that the engineer is going to go to Earth and release all of these little black 
fluid creatures, uh, which would therefore kill every living thing on the earth. Um, That'd be a gnarly movie. Yeah, that should be a f- that should be the sequel. That should have been the sequel. Right. They just drop but, it, oh, wait, it out of zoo, and the blue goo hits every <laughs> animal, and they turn into like weird creatures. I wonder what would happen if it went to an actual animal instead of a human. Well, we kind of see, or no, we don't kind of see it, but it's a worm. It turns into like a snake. Ah, uh, it, yeah, yeah. It's very like similar features as its main host, but just like manipulates it into a weaponized form. Yeah. Because even Fairfield, Fairfield was the one that comes back, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, he's still, like, he looks human, he's just more deformed and a lot stronger and was able to kill a lot of people without dying. (laughs) Because he was probably also stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's dead, so, like, I can't imagine brain cells are working. (laughs) Right. Um, So, Vickers tells Janek to get the ship back to Earth. But Shaw, in a very passionate speech, uh, tells him that he needs to stop the engineer's ship. And this absolutely took me by surprise, because I was not expecting that Janek and his two crewmen would crash into the Prometheus, taking their own lives. Right. I was like, what? Yeah, it's like, damn, this uh, sense of virtue out of nowhere (laughs) kicks in. Yeah, because I was just like, what? That's weird but okay like i'd expect it from other characters but like the captain and who haven't had a lot of stake in the entire journey at all like i guess the understanding that like if we can't go home it's worth trying to stop it and save everyone else i guess yeah i guess it just was like a real quick decision like there wasn't really a discussion about it it was just full speed ahead let's go guys Right. And he's just like, what? What? No. <laughs> so Vickers manages to flee in her escape pod. Um, I love the impact that the Prometheus has on this ship, and yeah. how it just goes down so cool. and it's like in slow mo. And I was like, wow. It was it, like I said, massive movie, and it's huge in scope, and it's just, uh, it's so enjoyable to watch. So, yeah, like you said, it's like slow motion, but you see this like, humongous explosion, and it does like a very huge zoom back where you see the major explosion happen from far away in the distance. You can just tell it's just massive. It yeah. just comes crashing down. And I absolutely love this scene because it's like a giant, um, like it's not a complete circle, but it's right. like. It's kind of like, a, like when you're flipping a coin on the table and it's about to tilt over or something like that. Yeah. Like, it's it's rolling. rolling. Yeah, it's about to, like, flat. Yeah. But also so menacingly. Like, you're just, like, everything's getting squashed under this thing. Like, (laughs) you're all dead. But um, Vickers, unfortunately, does not escape the spaceship rolling. And Shaw only (laughs) just manages to escape being crushed. (laughs) I like how a lot of people's, like, uh, nitpicking for this scene. It's like, go left or right. Why are you going straight? (laughs) Like you can literally avoid being crushed by either yeah. going left or right, <laughs> which okay I get that that makes sense. But you know, heat of the moment, I don't know. But, I don't know. Yeah. And maybe it just was overwhelming, and she just even if she went left or right, she was getting squashed anyway. Because later on, she falls over and like literally just spins to the right with her body on the ground, and she makes it out of there. It's like oh, so you were literally like five feet away from being safe. <laughs> so why? I don't know. Oh. Nitpicking. Well, I don't know. 
movie exactly. store perfection. Exactly. It's like you really have to nitpick to like yeah. find something bad about this movie. Yeah. Um, Shaw heads over to the escape pod and she's grabbing some supplies and finds that her aborted I hate that word. It's just I think because like so many pro lifers have made me feel like it's a dirty word. Oh. <laughs> and it's not. It's a scientific nah. word. Um yeah. But it is still alive. The decontamination spray did not kill it. And it is gigantic at this point. And I love when she looks in there and she's, you can just, you don't see the thing. You just see its arm like across the window. And she's like, oh, hell no. No. Yeah. No. This is a really good, great horror scene too. With the flickering lights. Yeah. It's like the chandelier that's all messed up. Like the scene itself, like the set design again. Perfect. Beautiful. Um, yeah. so David gets on the comms and he says to her, basically, if you don't hurry up, like, he's coming for you. Like, you've got to get out of there. He's coming for you right now. Um, and then, like, moments later, the engineer's at the, at the pod and she's like, fuck. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> she basically just throws, she opens the doors, doesn't yeah. she? To the, she opens to the doors the, to the, the room. To and the these tentacles pod. come out. This scene is so good. Yeah, I it's so love cool. it. Uh, because yeah, there's like the engineer puts up a fight against this yeah. tentacle monster, like a hell of a fight. It just uh, shows how powerful he is too. Yeah, yeah. Which I th- I didn't doubt that they would be some kind of godlike species, you know, in a way where they'd have like you know incredible intelligence and power and right. strength. Um, and uh, I think for Vickers, she says a really good line to her own father. It's like, a king has his reign and then he dies. So yeah. it's kind of the same thing with like the godlike creatures. It's like, you have your reign, now you're going to die. There's something yeah. new here. And he's killed by his own biological weapon. Right. His own creation. Again. His own creation. Yeah. Oh, calm as a bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so she gets out of there. She's like, you two can have it out. I'm, I'm bye. <laughs> have fun. She's like, have fun, kiddo. See ya. Um, <laughs> she goes and gets David's head, <laughs> which I thought was great because I was like, did t- oh she puts his his body back together, doesn't she? Yeah, he, yeah. She grabs his body and like lowers it down from the ship, <laughs> and puts his head in like a nice. backpack and zips it <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> I kind of like those are the things that I laugh because it's so funny oh, it is yeah. funny she's it's like i'm sorry it's like it's okay <laughs> basically you don't really have a choice put me in the back right. um so but she actually before this all happened she does take back the cross that david had taken from her and she basically said tell me where the cross is or we're not going anywhere like give it back um yeah. and he kept it on him which i thought was really odd yeah I'm sure there's some type of symbolism to it. There's got to be a reason why he kept it. Yeah. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> but he's like, hey, I know another ship. Let's go get on that. Let's get back to Earth. Get the hell out of here. Um, But it, but it apparently... Oh, my notes... I don't really remember the end of this movie. Because they just fly off. Essentially, yeah. She yeah. gets one last uh, radio frequency out to the yep. space saying like don't come here there's only death here i'm leaving it all yeah. behind um, uh it's new year's day so 
after being Christmas, New Year's Day, the year of our Lord, 2094, my name is Elizabeth Shaw, uh, the last survivor of the Prometheus. And it shows, like, them flying off with one of their ships. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. And then in the final shot, uh, in Vickers' oh, yeah. an alien creature it bursts out of the dying engineer's chest. Which I loved. I loved that scene. I was like, and I think that's what everyone wanted. That yeah. they wanted it earlier. Yeah, they're waiting for that chest yeah, bursting the scene. Murph. Yeah, Xenomorph. So like, no, we need everything else first. Yeah, and it looks good. It looks very menacing. It is. Uh, this, this is like what it says. Uh, big things have small beginnings. This is where the rest of the franchise kind of like bounces out of. Yeah. So, really cool to see. I'm really yeah. glad that Ridley Scott took on directing this yeah, cool. me too. It definitely it, deserves someone who does big movies and does it really, um, really well in captivating his audience and, and storytelling as well, like bringing to life someone's story. He's, right. he's an amazing filmmaker. He's really good at doing that. And he's also really good at creating a tone of like grittiness and dirtiness and yeah. violence. He also did that with The Last Duel from last year. I don't know if you saw it, but it's like this movie it is also very brutal and very gritty and very dark, and it's very much uh, focusing on the characters like he does with this movie of Prometheus. I feel like everyone does a really good job of having a very good screen time for the most part, except for maybe uh, Theron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, even Idris Elba didn't do much in this movie too. To yeah. be honest, he, I mean, kind of saves the day at the end, but. From everything else, he kind of just stays on the ship as well. Kind of does nothing. Hmm. But, but yeah, I love amazing this movie. Cast, amazing movie, amazing story. It is the, the score, reason visual. the score. Ah. Yeah, it's so I, good. Um, I didn't really like the Alien movies until I had seen this, and I was oh, like, wow. okay, yeah. things make a little bit more sense. Right, and before, like, it was never connected to like the origin. We never got an origin story. We just got yeah. aliens. But it kind like, of felt like, oh, yeah, Aliens, the the sequel. And I, I think we really needed this movie to help progress the first movie in a way, too. The first movie is obviously a classic. It stands on itself with its own two feet. But there were so many unanswered questions that we never got answers yeah. for until now. It's like, yeah. what was that person in that seat of, like, the control room that we see in the very beginning of the movie? Um, where did these eggs come from? Now all of those answers are answered with this movie. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of like that. I know a lot of people are like, just leave them unanswered. And it's like, yeah, well, that, you're like a small majority of people that don't want answers. You right. Shush. Shush. Don't watch the movie. It's like, That's was fine. it a dream after Inception? Does it, does it topple <laughs> over? I don't know. Was Inception just an entire dream to begin with? I don't think the movie even exists. I think we're all asleep <laughs> right now. We're gonna about to wake up. Fire, I wish I was asleep right now. Oh. <laughs> I'm always tired. Don't don't That's be fair. insulted. I'm just always tired. No, I, I, I'm always tired too. <laughs> well, that is Prometheus. Thank you so much for getting me to watch that again. I love that yeah, movie. Yeah, absolutely. I adore this movie. Thank you for having me on to talk about this movie. Yes. Uh, I love having this movie be talked about because I feel yeah. like a lot of people need to maybe rewatch this. Or so if you're listening and you haven't watched time. it or watch it for the first time, and then I actually have like context of like, have it as a standalone movie and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. And also, if you're an Alien fan, you're going to get a lot of good stuff out of it as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. But and I'm glad don't that expect they... it to be an alien movie. It's not an alien movie, no. Right. <laughs> and I think a lot of people, because I went in, I went and saw it at the cinemas with a like my boyfriend at the time, and then like our like couple friends that we right. like couples friends that we'd go out with, and every year, um, I get the Facebook memory. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And it's one of my friends saying, "I can't wait to find out what the means." Because remember, in the trailer, <laughs> it was just like a big, massive, like horn sound, and we yeah. just wanted to know what it meant. Uh, it wasn't in the movie; um, it was just <laughs> for the trailers. But we right. were so excited about it, and um, yeah, I just I can't remember actually going to see it, but I think I went to IMAX to see it in in the city. nice. That's the best yeah. way to see it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love that. Uh... For the trailer for this movie too, they did like the the, the alarm blaring and stuff like that. But it, yeah. like the first movie did with their trailer, and they had Prometheus the title pop out kind of like the same way the Alien tra- uh, title sequence pops out, where it yeah. just shows like one line first, and then like half a circle, and then like more pieces of the letter start coming in as the trailer progresses. I'm just like, yes, this is a love letter to the Alien franchise. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, Scott definitely was just like, I'm going to write about, I'm going to make a movie about all the things that I love about Alien. Yeah. And he did That's it. amazing. And I love it. Yeah. Well, uh, quick question before we wrap up. What's the last horror movie you watched? I know you've been watching heaps of movies lately. I've been terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me see. I have a whole list. Oh okay. The very most recent movie I saw was Paranormal Activity, speaking about <laughs> their marketing campaign. Um... I saw a movie called Alone With You recently. Yep. Oh, I did see Army of Darkness for the first time. Oh, really? Very recently this week. Oh, actually, I saw your Twitter post about it, and I was like, yes. Because the yes. Evil Dead series is, like, my favorite of all time. Yeah. So. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, I watched Malignant for, like, the ninth time. <laughs> uh, I don't care what people say. I love I that fucking movie. That is, so I'm, good. That is a hill I will die on. Oh, 100%. I think that's going to be a cult classic one day. Like, people are going to revisit it and be like, no, this is a masterpiece. They were just not ready for that type of movie yet. Yeah. It's like, hey, James Wan, do you want creative freedom? Do whatever you want. want. He's like, yes, please. (laughs) And he had fun with it. But those were the last few horror movies besides rewatching some of the Scream movies for the new Scream. Yeah, hell yeah. I've just been watching TV shows. Um, Yeah, Archive 81. I watched Archive 81. Um, Yeah, Dexter. Uh, got a little bit confused about how Archive 81 ended because um, I was like, whoa, what? what oh, season fuck? two. For sure season yeah, two. That's, but the thing is, um, it's an anthology series. So I think oh. season two will be different because it's based off a podcast of the same name. It is. And I'm, yeah. if I'm correct, anyone listening, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's an anthology series. I just haven't looked, I haven't Googled it yet because I've been meaning to listen to it, but I haven't done it yet. Because um, I'm interested to see how it comes across as a fiction podcast, right? Um, rather than a visual TV show. Yeah, because the ending confused me. I was like, I don't get it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I have been watching Yellow Jackets a little bit too. I haven't finished yes. it though. Yes, amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, I yes. loved Yellow Jackets. Um, apparently, if you loved Yellow Jackets, you should watch a movie. I don't know if it's at Slam Dance or if it's at. There's like a couple of horror, and there's a couple of movie festivals this weekend. It's not at, I don't think it's at Sundance. Uh, Lady World. Interesting. I haven't heard of that one yet. Yeah. It's about girls who get, um, I think, let me have a look. Because I think it's been at a few 
uh, festivals over the last weekend. But um, eight teenage girls become trapped in an endless birthday party after a massive earthquake. Oh, wow. So I think it was at... What am I... I'm covering international... Covering a few horror, like a few film festivals this week. So I'm like, I don't know where I'm up to. <laughs> <laughs> but it is on Prime. You can watch it on Prime. It's meant to be really oh, good. Nice. So, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll keep my eye out for it. Yes. Well, where can we find you and your podcast and your work? Because I know you're covering a bazillion things at the moment. It's super <laughs> exciting. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, of course, the podcast, Nightlight, a horror movie podcast on the Bully Discussing Podcast Network. We are on everything, uh, for the most part. I think yeah, Spotify, iTunes, some weird third-party podcast service, probably. Um, on Twitter, I'm pretty active on there at Frederick New T. Uh, just my first and last name, but yeah, I'm always down to talk horror. Always talk uh, free to talk about movies in general. It's just what I love to do. And the quote that I learned from last year: "Do what you love and do it a lot." So, yeah. yeah. I think that's why I've been watching a lot of movies. I just fully, over the pandemic, fully lent in to being a movie lover. I was like, you know what? I, I am, a, I, I'm a cinephile. I don't care what anybody says. Hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, I, I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't for the movies. Yeah, the I movies definitely got it from my me. dad. Yeah, my dad's. Um, my dad is a really massive movie lover. I'll talk about that later. Anyway, um, so thank you again for joining me. It's been a blast as always. Thank you for having me. No, this was a blast. I love talking about horror movies, and Prometheus was such a great pleasure to talk about. I feel like I need to go write a uterus horror (laughs) Prometheus now. (laughs) I'll read it. I'm down. Uh, Awesome. Maybe maybe if I don't get so grossed out about it, like I can watch it over and over again. Right. And thank you, listeners. If you enjoy the podcast, please remember to leave a rating and review where you listen to your podcast. You can now rate on Spotify, which is friggin' awesome. To catch all the latest from me on Twitter, follow me at catstead underscore or on Instagram at hearascreamcat. To see all the latest from the podcast, follow the show on Twitter at TGIFpod. You've been listening to TGIF. See you next Friday.